Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham now second in program history and touchdowns responsible for passing Chris Redman with a big performance against Syracuse on Saturday afternoon. But we're going to talk about why Malik Cunningham deserves more praise for what he's doing in the 2021 season. The Louisville basketball team also bouncing back from a loss to Furman with a 77-60 to victory over the Navy midshipmen on Monday evening. We'll talk about all that and more on this episode of the Lockdown Louisville podcast. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. So on Saturday afternoon, Global quarterback Malik Cunningham, five touchdowns on the day, passing Chris Redman for second in program history and touchdowns responsible for trailing only Lamar Jackson. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, although he's setting these records, why he deserves more praise for what he's doing this season and what he has done in his career as a whole. Transition over into the basketball realm of things and analyze Louisville's 77-60 to victory over Navy on Monday evening. And we'll answer the question, who should start at the wing position for the Louisville Cardinals moving forward? Before we get into the content of today's show, like I said, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. I've also done uh, PA announcing work for the university in various sports. You can follow my Twitter page at the handle in the graphic below, and you can follow the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the show. Malik Cunningham on Saturday, like we mentioned, past Chris Redman. Who had, I believe he had 87 touchdowns responsible for. However, Malik is now number two on the program leaderboard, only trailing former Cardinal greats Lamar Jackson, who got his number retired on Saturday, ironically. Um, it probably won't catch him this year, but if Malik came back for his final year um, in 2022, definitely that um, that record is within reach for Cunningham. And Cunningham has you know, had a fantastic season. If you remember listening to this podcast earlier on in the season, you know, um, you know, after the Mississippi game, after after the Easter Kentucky game, you know, I said for this offense to improve, it starts with Malik Cunningham. He's got to be better. He's got to be better as a quarterback. He's got to be better, you know, making decisions. And albeit he has done that, and he's honestly exceeded my expectations and taken his game to a complete new level. I know, you know, the statistics might not necessarily show it, but um, I think that he is playing the best football of his life. Um, you know, on this season, statistically, you know, I, I caution you to truly uh, make a judgment based upon just statistics, although they are pretty solid. Um, 2,286 yards in the air, 13 touchdowns to five interceptions, um, just under 300 yards in, in terms of topping his season high. But on the ground, a career high 709 yards already, 16 rushing touchdowns, which is double uh, the amount that he has had in any of the past three years um, here at Louisville. Uh, a couple um, national statistical rankings. He is fourth in rushing touchdowns. He leads all quarterbacks. Fourth in quarterback rushing yards, trailing only Garrett Schrader 
for third with, I think it's like four yards that separates the two. 21st in passing yards per completion and 16th in total offense with 302.7 yards per game, respectively. So overall, I, you know, I think that... <clears throat> You know, there are fans that give Malik Cunningham his due props. There, There's a good amount of the fan base that recognizes his impact for this team. And, you know, let's, let, let's face it. We saw against Clemson that if this team doesn't have Malik Cunningham, I'm not sure that this, you know, this team wins three games. They're definitely not sniffing bowl eligibility. Um, that just shows you how much of an impact that you know, he has on this offense, whether it be you know, passing-wise, which he's growing as a signal caller and improving each and every week. But he's also you know, becoming very, very smart as a runner as well, knowing when to take hits, when to slide, when to throw the ball out of bounds. So the discipline as a pocket passer is definitely improving. And you know, I'm not naive enough to know that in a post-Lamar Jackson world, the expectations are sky high. I mean... At the end of the day, you know, we were, you know, we were witnessing the best player in program history for three years. And then, you know, whoever was going to be the permanent replacement after him, he was going to kind of get the short end of the stick and kind of get an unfair, you know, realist, you know, an unfair uh, set of expectations. But, you know, all things considered, I think Malik Cunningham has done very, very good in terms of handling those expectations. Um, you know, he came into this year poised for a breakout season and taking his game to the next level, possibly being in the Heisman um, you know, race. That's not necessarily the case this year in terms of that award, but I would argue that he is more important to Louisville than any other quarterback in the ACC. If you take Malik Cunningham off of Louisville, this is a drastically different team. But shout-out to Scott Satterfield for designing the offense around him and playing uh, to his strengths, um, you know, what he's not only been able to do as a passer, you know, but as a runner as well. And we talk about, you know, his importance as a player who can get out and move and him being such a, a solid dual threat. But I don't think people are grasping just how solid he has been on the ground and how significant that is to where, yes, you know, Dino Baber said it before in his, um, you know, a weekly press conference before the little matchup, you know, Malik Cunningham is one of the most dynamic players in the country and, uh, you know, being a dual threat quarterback and, you know, they have to game plan for him. But I don't think Louisville fans are grasping the fact that every single team that Louisville plays has one key objective on the defensive end, and that is limiting Malik Cunningham. And outside of Mississippi and maybe NC State, although, you know, a lot of the mistakes against the Wolfpack were kind of self-inflicted um, penalties over and under throwing um, open receivers, uh, so on and so forth. Outside of Mississippi, there haven't there hasn't been a team that's really checked Malik Cunningham. They haven't really, really been able to shut him down. And that is such a valuable you know aspect of the game for Louisville. And that has ensured that you know, this offense has continued to keep going. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that no one else on the offense deserves some credit because, I mean, the offensive line has played spectacular. The guys on the outside in the skill positions have been great. I mean, you talk about Jalen Mitchell, Trevion Cooley, Hassan Hall in some aspects. I mean, this has been a very solid offense all around. But what Malik Cunningham is doing, I think that we're overlooking a lot of it because he might not be a traditional pocket passer, so he might make some mis more mistakes in terms of you know, hitting open receivers here and there, not making the right reads. But 
you know, you show me any quarterback or any player in college football history, I don't care how great they are, you can always pinpoint a couple mistakes. So I feel like a lot of people nitpick with Malik Cunningham's, um, you know, failures, so to speak, or maybe failures is, is kind of a misleading term, uh, you know, um, mishaps, um, you know, mistakes, so to speak. So I think we have to get out of this mindset that Malik Cunningham is an average quarterback when it comes to passing the ball because he's not. I mean, he might not necessarily be, you know, a Joe Burrow, a guy who's going to sling the ball over the field for 500 yards. But you know, you can't discredit the aspect of him being able to get what he wants on the ground and uh, just make an impact on both aspects of the game. So, I mean, I am getting to the point now where, in my opinion, you know, I don't see how you can't consider him a top 10 quarterback in program history. I know uh, recency bias can be a thing, but the statistics back it up. You know, he's been very successful, and his career is not even over yet. I mean, we're talking about a guy who could realistically come back next year, and I ultimately think that he does. And um, who knows what other records he breaks, but um, what he's doing for this Louisville team and um, really putting this offense on his back in a lot of ways. And like, like I mentioned, we saw what happened when Malik Cunningham was not on the field for Louisville. It is a totally different team. Uh, he raises the ceiling significantly. So let's transition over into the basketball side of things. Like I mentioned, Louisville getting back in the win column with the 77-60 to victory over Navy on Monday evening. We'll talk about all about that game, initial takeaways and reactions. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at NetSuite. So this is it. Imagine this, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system for power and growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, etc. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Once again, that is in netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial systems for growing businesses. Netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. I also want to talk about our friends at Prize Picks. If you are a college sports fanatic, you need to hear about this. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you may never have even heard of, and it offers any props you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive an instant deposit match up to $100. Um, here's how it works. You pick about two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. But here's the key thing about it. Here's what I like the most, and that is the fact that it allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on Stephen Curry and combine that with the under on Dak Prescott in the same entry. Uh, use the award-winning app on both um, the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and also offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out 
prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So, transitioning over into the basketball side of things, like I mentioned, Louisville back in the win column, probably you know, obviously their best performance up to date, 77 to 60 against the Navy midshipmen, 2-1 and one on the season early on for Louisville. Um, this was uh, kind of a tale of two games when you look at um, this one in the Furman game. The Cards shot infinitely better, 41.7% from deep, 10 for 24. If I had to give out a game ball, it goes to Matt Cross, 4 for 4 on the evening. All four of those field goals from behind the arc. He finished with 14 points, leading the cards in scoring. And I thought, you know, he did really well in, ter- in terms of other aspects of the game, and like defense. And I think the cards really set the tone in this one with their defensive play. And I think the overall takeaway from this is that, you know, the execution was better. They shot better. They played better defense. And at the end of the day, sometimes that's what it all boils down to. And they did the little things. The hustle was there. Um, you look at turnovers, Navy, 19 turnovers to Louisville, 16. Uh, the thing we will have to talk about, though, 32-27 to 27 rebounding margin in favor of Navy. So this is the second straight game in which the Cardinals have been out-rebounded by a smaller opponent. So that's something to look out for. Um, overall, looking at from the box score, nothing's really going to, you know, jump off the page, so to speak. I thought the Cardinals' defense was pretty solid, holding Navy to three of 21 from deep, um, shot 43% from field. The midshipmen did. The Cardinals, 56% from the field. They got good shots. Um, they were very unselfish with the ball. However, in the second half, um, got a little careless. Um, there were a string of, you know, trying to go too fast, careless turnovers, not valuing ball security. You could see Mike Pegues on the sideline actually infuriated, infuriated, infuriated. That's not even a word. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, if you watched him, you, you could see how upset he was with just how careless Louisville got because although the Cardinals won this game by 17, this could have been a 25-30 to 30 point victory if the Cards you know, stayed on the gas, um, became more disciplined on the defensive end in terms of um, you know not allowing offensive rebounds, and I think that that was the, the only drawback from this game was just the fact that you know, the rebounding margin was, once again, in favor of a team that was smaller than them. So something has to change there. Um, an interesting tidbit, however, J.J. Trainer, Sidney Curry, zero minutes in this game, which um, had a lot of people kind of questioning. It's like, uh, if we're losing the rebounding battle, why is a, you know, a bigger guy like Sidney Curry not playing in this game? And that, that's a question that I wish – that I wish I had an answer to, uh, but I will say in his in his um, place, Roosevelt Wheeler, only three points on the evening, but his impact spanned far beyond the stat sheet, especially in the first half. Looked very solid defensively, I thought was a very poised for a freshman and, and gave us some good minutes uh, for the backup five, and that kind of has to be something moving forward that Louisville needs. But, but at this time, you know, I caution people to – truly take away any you know big um you know predictions or anything or maybe not predictions is the word i'm looking for um just overall you know insights for the season because number one chris mack has yet to coach a game this season I mean, he is still serving that suspension three more games on the docket in terms of getting uh back into um you know the groove of things so you don't have chris mack and also it's the third game of the year when you literally have brought in a lot of newcomers and you're trying to figure out which 
guys work best with which which rotations here and there. So I don't mind them playing Roosevelt Wheeler more this game. I'm interested to see how that rotation carries over against Detroit Mercy. I would like to see Sidney Curry and J.J. Trainer get some minutes because I feel like they're too talented to keep off the bench. Um, but I, I'm very satisfied with the, the defensive effort for the most part outside of uh, maybe post-defense uh, rim protection. I, I feel like Louisville still needs to find someone that is able to protect the rim. Uh, Jalen Withers played pretty solid. I thought he was efficient. I liked what Sam Williamson did. We mentioned Matt Cross. Uh, Dre Davis w- was a player that I feel like he's still trying to find his overall offensive role. Uh, Noah Locke, uh, Jared West played pretty decent as well. So overall across the board, I thought that the and then L Ellis, although not scoring, I thought facilitating wise, he was pretty solid. And Mason Faulkner had eight points off the bench as well. So this is going to be a very deep team. I'm just um, more so relieved that they were able to get the shooting going. I knew that they would. I, I just wasn't sure when that was going to come about. The effort was there. That has to be something encouraging. The fact that you know there was a play in the first half in which um, I forget who saved. I think Jared West saved it, um, and then. Uh, I think it was Malik Williams that dived after the ball and uh, saved that and then threw it open for an open dunk. So at the end of the day, it's it's the hustle plays that matter. Uh, one kind of interesting development that I love to see was Malik Williams playing at the elbow. I think that he is a very solid passer uh, as a big man. Uh, nice insight in terms of seeing the plays develop. You know, he had some early assists on, you know, backdoor cuts on kickouts and I look forward to seeing him you know play more of that role kind of being a facilitator because he's not going to be a number one scorer for you but having him in, in that uh, spot to be able to kind of um, you know break down a zone or just overall you know allow players to feed off ball you know you have guys like Matt Cross that have been shooting well and finally the cards 41 percent from deep being able to get their footing under them in terms of shooting so hopefully that can carry over consistently um but the big question right now that I think that a lot of people are wanting answered is who starts at the three or the wing, so to speak, for the cards You know, going forward. I know it's three games. You don't want to truly overreact. Sometimes it takes a while for guys to get going early in the season. And I'm not saying you know that you know, Dre Davis is, is not doing you know, what he's supposed to, but it does pose the question with two other guys in, in the rotation. Who should be starting for the cards? We'll answer that question coming up after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains remains your number one spot for all of the football and basketball action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile device or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code locked on from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and bet online is where the game starts. So right now, the first three games of the season, I think it's the first three. I think that Dre started. Um, did Dre start against? Um, I'll have to. I'm, I'm going to do a quick fact check on that real quick. I apologize. I'm, I'm starting to 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 double guess myself, um, so to speak. But Dre Davis has started the majority 
of the games for the Cardinals, two out of three so far. Looking at the box score against Southern, Dre Davis has started all three games. So for some reason, I thought uh, Sam Williamson may have started that first one, but overall, Dre Davis starting as the three for the Cards had a very solid offseason. Um, you know, according to Chris Mack and, and some of his teammates and other coaches. But it, it bodes the question with uh, Sam Williamson having played well in, in two of the first three games and Matt Cross kind of being a spark plug off the bench. Who should start for the cards moving forward at the three? And I think any answer other than Matt Cross, I just don't, I think it's incorrect. Matt Cross has been the best Cardinal so far. Um, for for this team, like I mentioned, he gets my game ball from tonight, 4-4 uh, from deep, 14 points overall. And when he committed to Louisville, um, you know, I think everyone thought that you know he's going to do what Quinn Slazinski, you know, was supposed to be brought in to do. You know, that shoot the ball at a very high level, be a Ryman Man type guy. But I think what we've realized in the two exhibition games against Kentucky State and West Georgia, and then so far this season um, against Southern Furman and Navy, is the fact that he is much more than a scorer. He's one of those guys that just makes winning plays, and sometimes it just doesn't, and oftentimes it just doesn't show up on the score sheet. I mean, he's shooting the ball well. That's the number one thing for me, is when you have a guy that can shoot the ball uh, at, at a high rate like him to where opposing defenses have to specifically game plan for him shooting the ball. I think he's a guy that needs to play a lot of minutes like Ryan McMahon. But the reason why Ryan McMahon uh, didn't start, in my opinion, or shouldn't have started for that Louisville team is, number one, because there were better options um, overall. But number two, because he was a one-dimensional player. And that's okay because he played a specific role and he played it well. I love Ryan McMahon. You know, love Quinn Lazinski. I'm not dogging those guys, and don't uh, don't take this as me, dra- you know, dogging Dre Davis either, because I'm not. I mean, I think Dre's in a in a period like Sam was last year, where he's trying to find his game offensively. He's trying to find what works. The perimeter shooting's just not there at this time. Um, I think that he excels around the basket, but it seems like he's uh, struggled with getting into the spots on the court in which he flourishes. So, you know, right now I think that, you know, the hot hand is Matt Cross, and I'm not saying that Matt Cross has to be the permanent guy at the three, but right now he's second on the team, nine points per game. Um, you know, even with a dislocated finger, he's uh, playing extremely well. And it, it, But it's not the shooting that impresses me the most, believe it or not. It is what he's doing in other aspects of the game. I thought, you know, in terms of scouting his, his game coming out of Miami, he was a player that, yes, he was a great shooter, but he also could handle the ball and had some good vision as a, as a secondary or tertiary passer that, you know, you can never have too many players on the, on the court that can pass, you know, efficiently. And Matt Cross is one of those guys. That's something that has kind of jumped off the page when I've watched him. But overall, the hustle plays, you see him on the defensive side of things to where he's causing turnovers, he's getting in other players' heads, and he's giving you plus minutes. When the team, I don't know what the net rating is when he's on versus when he's off the court, but when you know he is on the court for Louisville, you can just tell by the way they play. It's a totally different vibe with the team, and that's no that's no diss to Sam and Matt Craw or Sam and Dre because actually I think you know Sam and Matt on the court at the same time is a pretty solid. Um, you know, it's a pretty solid rotation. I think that their skill sets directly benefit one another's. But at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say Dre De- Dre Davis is truly struggling. I mean, it's early in the season. It's too early to say that he's you know truly struggling. Um, however, you know, after Bahamas, if he's still not shooting all that well, still making some of the same mistakes and not finishing, 
um, on the offensive end, that's where we might, you know, bring that term out in terms of struggling. But right now, um, you know, I think Louisville needs to ride the hot hand. I think that they would be able to jump on their opposition quicker because you do have Mississippi, Mississippi State coming up. If you win that, um, you have Maryland. Uh, Michigan State on the road in East Lansing is also on the horizon for the cards. So I think um, you know, having a guy that affects the, you know, affects the game in more ways than one while also being a knockdown shooter, you know, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer for me. I think that Matt Cross shouldn't necessarily be just a rotational piece that you plug into uh, the roster when you need um, some perimeter shooting or just a, you know, an average rotation guy. He is a starter. He should be playing starter minutes. He should be you – know, I get the fatigue issue of things, and I, I'm not sure if there is any um, – you know, health implications or health drawbacks that is holding him back in terms of the finger. But, you know, judging by the way he's playing, it doesn't look like it. I, I know that he has a tendency to foul, but I think that that's kind of an indication of how he, you know, how aggressive he's played. But also I think some of these foul calls have been – I'm, I'm never really one to truly complain about officiating, but some of these foul calls on Matt have kind of been like, huh? So – and but I think if you ask probably ninety percent of the Louisville fan base, they're going to tell you Matt Cross. Matt Cross has become a fan favorite, and we are not even a quarter of the way into the season. Just the way he carries himself, um, you know, you can't underestimate and um, you know just take away the significance of the fact that Cross just makes winning basketball plays, and he his impact on both ends of the court. He's not a lockdown defender. He's not a guy who's going to average twenty points per game. But he knows his role. He executed. He executes it really well. He has a very high level of basketball IQ. Um, great intangibles. Just an overall solid feel for the game. Knows where he's supposed to be, and um, you know can see plays developing and being a you know secondary or tertiary passer. I I think it's a no brainer. I think Matt Cross needs to start moving forward until you know something changes or you know Dre Davis you know is the guy that has the hot hand or even Sam Williamson. That's the good thing about having this depth is that we can have this conversation and it's not the other way around to where it's like okay who can start you know and now it's just a matter of okay which of the three is going to start so we talked about the um re, you know the reasons why Malik Cunningham needs to be getting more praise we transitioned over into basketball analyzing the better execution better shooting performance against Navy for the Louisville basketball team in a 77 to 60 win and also explain why Matt Cross should be starting for the Louisville basketball team moving forward. Tomorrow, Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman joins the set once again for a special Wallman Wednesday episode. Like I mentioned, Duke is on Thursday evening, so um, just make a mental note that the full preview, it's going to be a little condensed just because of uh, you know the lack of opportunity to talk about it. We'll, that'll be exclusively on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit about Duke uh, tomorrow as well with Jeremy. A um, couple quick shout-outs before we get out of here. Uh, first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, that most recent episode. Dropped Sunday evening. Um, great talk about both basketball teams at Louisville. A great weekend recap. The win over Syracuse, the preview against Duke. You can find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, there is the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. And as always, I want to say thank you once again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Shout out to everyone for um, listening, liking, sharing, rating, 
subscribing to the podcast. It definitely means a ton. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel now. Leave any comments of any types of content that you want covered or any um, you know, any ideas or guest suggestions. I'm definitely open to any suggestions. You can follow or DM um, the Twitter handle in the graphic below. But that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see.